Welcome to Local Exposure, a podcast about music in the greater Cincinnati scene. I'm Jim Nolan. Thanks for listening. Local singer-songwriter Molly Sullivan is a bit of an enigma. Many of her songs have so far gone unrecorded, and she tends to limit her online presence. When she joined me in the studio, I had very little in front of me in terms of notes or prepared questions, so I thought, let's just start talking and see where it goes. As it turns out, this interview ranks among one of my favorites. And as you join me as a witness to this conversation, you'll see why. And hopefully, it'll be one of your favorites as well. Molly Sullivan, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Um, normally, I have a piece of paper in front of me with all kinds of notes and interesting things that I want to ask you about and talk to you about, but I've got nothing. <laughs> Same. Um, Just kidding. <laughs> part of the reason is because um, you know I go onto you know Google and Facebook and Bandcamp and I go looking for information and. You're you're kind of a musical ninja. You just kind of pop in, play a show, pop out, and there's not a whole lot of uh, not a lot of, of internet residue of your performances. Is that on purpose? Do you like just kind of keeping everything quiet? You know, I don't I don't really know what that is all about. I guess um, I'm. I prefer living life and not being totally consumed by the internet and social media, but um, that's been kind of detrimental for music promotion um, and visibility, which I realize. But social media um, aside, yeah, I really have not produced much in the form of recording and videos which yeah i kind of had a strange thought recently i have been working um on some recordings but a lot of the material that i've written over the past you know 10 plus years only exists when it is performed which kind of blew my mind and, you know, from an artistic perspective, there's something magical about that that makes it special and unique and, and not permanent. But, yeah, I understand what you mean, because now there's there's nothing to to go back on. There's no archive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely been something that has uh, simultaneously been something I've wanted to do and then I haven't done. So I've been kind of sad about it but right now uh yeah i have been working in my house with my friend and bandmate alessandro corona and he and i um with a, an amalgam of other guest performers um have been working on putting together kind of a clearly articulated album or release of some sort how many songs are you looking at? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are like thirty. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, and that's that's stuff that's been you know 
I've written more in the past year and a half than I have in the past eight years, probably. Um, so it's also been kind of a weird time trying to figure out what the game plan should be, mm -hmm. which I also have conflicting ideas about, like, you know, strategy and releasing music. And it's like, I don't know, I just want to get it out there. Yeah, yeah, it's not the fun um, part of, of the of the gig and sure. you, you, you talked about social media and, and internet stuff and you're not doing so much of that but probably mental health wise that probably helps a lot because I mean speaking from my own perspective I, I could do with a whole lot less yeah um, I'm trying to dial it back like I use it for personal use I don't generate a lot but I check in and it's like oh, the, the games of comparison and I don't know it just it's a dark hole mm -hmm. and I I don't know I kind of just I use it for entertainment entertaining myself sometimes is it sort of that dark entertainment of like let's see how just how creepy and gross some people can be uh, or like how creepy and gross I can be, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're compiling these these songs to have an actual official album release. How are you filtering through all this music and deciding what gets chosen and what does not? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I've had the help of a few friends whose ears I trust to I, I I feel like the game plan has shifted from so many things like should I release like three EPs from like three different times and mm -hmm. kind of feels of songs um, or should I just like choose what I'm into at the moment and go from there and there are some things that um, I've only played live and only played with a full band so having to like not having been so much in the creative process of forming and arranging parts or instrumentation even so having to kind of deconstruct some of those songs and put a voice and arrangement to them that feels true to the song so we're having to like retrace our steps a little bit on some of the older stuff especially but yeah right now i think in order to keep momentum going for myself i'm just trying to get together what i would like to listen to and what i'm excited about when i first became familiar with your music it was you solo so how much of this do you think you'll keep in that solo vein or do you think it's all going to be performed with a full band um, well, f fortunately, I, and I think a lot of singer-songwriters that have played both can definitely feel insecure um, in the simplicity of one person singing and playing one instrument through a song. It can be mm -hmm. a little intimidating, Yeah, you know, wondering if it's like, got enough of whatever to, to stand on its own, but uh, kind of just got to trust it and also remember for me personally, it's like I'd, 
it's not that I don't write music for people to hear or for people, but I, I generally write for myself. And so keeping that in mind helps me digest the idea of playing solo more. But um, yeah, I do think I can toggle between the two, but um, I think I generally prefer playing with a band. When you came in, in here today, you have just your keyboard, your guitar, and a few pedals. A tuning pedal, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, very, very nomadic. Very easy to, to transport. When you're playing solo, is this all you bring? Um, yeah, I, I, so I just started playing keys really like a year ago hmm. um, and writing on the keys. So, and this instrument is only a month new to me, this Nord. And so that guy is kind of on its own. The guitar, I have messed around and fussed around with a lot of pedals, a lot of like reverb and delay, kind of getting like a spacey surfer dreamy vibe going. My ear feels a little over that sound. So I chose the song today to, I, I like playing that one without really any effects mm. on it. And especially songs that I'm like particularly proud of or invested in the lyrics with I'm okay like to paring it down a little bit instrumentally and I'm curious because in listening to your music and listening to your lyrics a lot of the songs that you perform at least in my head it sounds like they're written for either one person or they're maybe written just for yourself and you said that a little bit earlier you kind of write music for yourself but like it almost seems like a, a dialogue or even a monologue there's very rarely a hey, everybody, this is a message to the world. This is a much more intimate one-on-one -on -one conversation in your, in your music. Yeah. Um, most of the content, it starts with a feeling. <laughs> and um, historically, a lot of breakup, heartbreak songs, sad love songs, um, I've just kind of, in the past couple of years, started writing some love songs, uh, which has been funny, and I'm, I've been, in the past year, like a little more lyrically forward also. Kind of some of the newer stuff is a little campy, um, and that's been a weird thing to digest also. like. I'm doing a lot of digesting over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of artists um, or creative people, even people that journal or write, maybe don't produce voluntarily or because they want to just kind of happens or it's a need to get something out yeah um so yeah it's a lot of yeah just personal expression in a song i don't know i that's also and talking about like social media and stuff like that uh the debate of using a moniker or going by my name right has always been um up for debate but with this personal stuff that is kind of like 
journal entries or something for me. Um, I feel so personally attached to it that I like want to confidently and all kind of defiantly stand behind it and not be a f- I don't feel like I want to wear a mask mm-hmm. in order to share that with the world and it's uh, it's a little weird but also you know being a solo artist uh, for self promotion that can kind of be like uh, it's a little weird just having you know your name on a t-shirt or like <laughs> making posts and stuff it's it's been a lot easier in the past to promote stuff for for bands or projects that I've been a part of but yeah it's it's weird and and wondering if you know the brand of an artist and all that crud <laughs> just a dang person right. like i it's a weird thing like to wonder if if the disconnect is okay like if it's okay for me to break character it's not a character it's like i i have a lot of characters and but it's a little scary i don't know well let's let's get a listen to your nord your new nord um tell me about this song that you're gonna play so this track is called golden and um i wrote it earlier this year and it is a love song and this is one that also I just had to embrace. I wanted to change some of the lyrics, but it's just what came out. And yeah, it's just a sweet love song. Well, this is the song Golden by Molly Sullivan. La 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 
talking earlier i guess about being authentic the sort of dichotomy between you yourself and you as this stage persona and keeping things in balance um if you don't mind uh if this isn't sharing too much you mentioned that you are now living sober how is that working for you and, and keeping that in balance in your life um so yeah, I have over a year and a half of sobriety from alcohol. Um, Congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, it's nothing I'm shy about talking about. Um, it's, you know, one of those things that was fun until it wasn't, and it was just... Uh, it just was breeding insecurities and um, letting wounds fester and uh, really was like I was in an intense relationship with alcohol and I didn't really put much attention into anything else. and. So, yeah, sobriety has given me a lot of time uh, <laughs> and a lot of space. And I think that the the amount of writing that I've done in the past year and a half or so is definitely proof that um, it's it's just given me a lot of clarity and I'm not like getting in my own way all the time and that's kind of why I think I've been feeling a sense of urgency with with recording and getting stuff out because I've got like 10 years backlogged of all this stuff and um just kind of wanting to get it all together having a hard time being patient with it to be quite honest I'm I'm a few years sober myself, so I'm I'm really Congrats. appreciate that phrase that you used about being in this intense relationship with alcohol. I can totally relate to that. Um, a couple things come to mind. One of which is you perform a lot in bars. Mm -hmm. How much of a challenge is that for you? Um, 
So, if we're getting into the sobriety conversation, I tried sobriety for a while, and um, I kind of just factored in that isolation would be a big part of it, because I, f I was under the impression that I had to cut out everything. I mean, when you shape your activities around this one thing you know it's like socially acceptable in most settings and if not encouraged yeah totally yeah um and so i was like okay cool well i'll just be in my apartment by myself and i was dry and insufferable i was it was miserable yeah and i like had a big relapse a big bender for a couple of months and went in shaking to a meeting just like really at wit's end and um my new approach was different i know some people talk about having like a spiritual experience and i feel like i at least came close to that in a parking lot of whole foods after a meeting and i just had this like this other thing kind of sweep over me like it had been decided that this was it and you know sobriety is a gift it could end at any moment really um so i i feel pretty solid with it right now but um i have kind of opted to gamify it a little bit at least in the beginning like kind of fearlessly and not necessarily aggressively but like I wanted to champion it kind of and so I was going out all the time and uh you know ordering a diet coke or whatever and and I picked up roller derby for a little bit <laughs> I um, put myself into work and found other stuff to do but like socializing and being vocal with people talking about it um and really kind of creating and relying on a community that's supportive um but the playing in bars thing god i'll tell you what i my tolerance for like being out uh, and it has nothing really to do with the people I'm around. It's just sometimes I get my social fill for the evening and I'm ready to retire. And, and it's nine o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I'm like in my 30s now and I have a cozy little house and a dog. And it, it can be really hard, especially in Cincinnati with so many late shows at mm, bars yeah. um, to feel entirely comfortable sticking around because I want to stay and support of course I don't I don't feel pressure or anything just um, a lot of times I, I feel guilty for maybe not having as much energy to be all there and all supportive so I guess in that way that's been the most difficult perhaps is just like the sticking it out performing sober uh i tremble a lot 
and I have generally a good amount of anxiety before I go on stage. And that's the truth. One thing that I did for myself uh, after a couple years of, of being sober was I went back and read all the books that I used to love and I realized that I didn't remember half of them. Do you ever do that with your music where you look back and, or, or you listen to some of your music or even music that you love that's not your own and it you have it a totally different view of, of things or, or you realize something that you had been missing out on for all these years? Yeah, and there are definitely some some like older recordings that had that had been started at a particular point when I was really it was a really dark time, mm. really depressed, really drunk. Um and hearing the stuff that we were doing then and like yeah, it's it's tough and um hearing that though makes me really appreciate where I am now. Um but yeah, on the flip side, like what I said about being in a relationship, I should have clarified it's like being in an abusive relationship where like uh you you want to leave but you can't you've like had this thing that's like been with you that for so long has provided so much comfort and celebration and everything like you've shared life with this stuff and um sometimes it can feel a little more of a, a muted existence um because you're not you know, going out and getting like the euphoric glaze of a buzz or whatever. Um, but I think I kind of falsely identified some feelings that, that were like, like a, a, a glazed romance or, or, you know, whatever that, um, like I miss it in a way, but an understanding that it was under the influence it it makes having that knowledge in my head really helps me appreciate um the smaller things and the intimate things and yeah i don't know i i think also it's challenged me in my songwriting to not hide behind lyrics so mm. much like like the idea of having an easy lyric or something like that i think that a lot of people will kind of poo poo pop songs but pop songs are hard to write yeah. it's imagine how ridiculous it is to write down a, a pop song verse you know what i mean mm -hmm. where it's like kind of pared down and to the point and you know you're not like waxing eloquent and using crazy vocabulary um but i'm also i'm, I'm, I'm meandering a little no, bit but I'm, I'm also 
feeling like when in when you did the song Golden, you said there were lines in the song that you felt were I don't, I don't remember the exact word you used, kind of flowery or whatever, and you weren't comfortable at first with them being there. But that's the same kind of thing, is that it's authentic to where you were at that moment. And to change it wouldn't be correct anymore. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I generally speaking, like once a song is written, it's written. I really don't go back and restructure anything or change anything or record it yeah (laughs) and the stuff that i do have recorded has lots of hiccups in it and everything Mm. but it's like what i made in a moment um so right now i'm trying to have like a marriage of you know i'm spending some time alone with the vocal mic and recording my own vocals and then having the assistance of other people that can help me tailor it to be a little more I don't want to say professional, but um, on point, mm. if you will. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing all that. Mm. I So much of what you said resonates with me personally. Um, I just was over here nodding the whole time. I'm like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. So <laughs> thank you very much for doing that. Um, sure. Thank you. Let's talk about some of the folks that are working on your album. Sure. Let's change gears for just a second. Sure. Who are you playing with? Uh, you mentioned Alessandro. Yes. So Alessandro Corona and um, the the typical lineup would be Alessandro on drums and then Doug McDermott on bass and Matt Meldon on guitar. Um, both of those fine gentlemen also perform with Y and they've been touring pretty extensively as of late. So the past few shows that I've had a band, Peyton Copes I had on bass and um, Alessandra on drums, but there've been so many people that have helped me along the way. It takes a village. Yeah. I Peyton's, mean, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. He was, I, last time I saw him, he was with Tweens. Yeah. It he, has been quite a while. Yeah, so um, he's he's living the tour manager life, so he's gone a lot too. Okay. He also happens to be my partner, so I might have muscled him into playing. With oh, me that's a all right. Bit, but... That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're playing a Halloween show. Oh yes. Tell me about this Halloween show. Um. So for the past seven years or so, um, Adam Stone has been putting on like a Halloween night of cover bands. And uh, for the past few years, it's been at the Northside Tavern. Uh, This year, they're doing all-female-fronted cover bands. And my group is going to be covering the Cranberries. Nice. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. Uh, Linger was... I, I believe the first song like I, in a guitar class in high school that I, I chose to learn um, and the Cranberries what a strange dynamic voice to have made it onto popular radio yeah and um, I don't know I think it's a really fun experience Exploration of vocal performance, and I just love I love their music. So, I'm who excited. else is playing that night? 
Um, gosh. So on there are two nights. Oh, okay. um, Thursday, which is Halloween, and then Friday. And forgive me, I'm gonna try to rattle off like the bands that are being covered first. So we've got uh, the Cardigans, the Cranberries, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Alanis Morissette, Beach House. There's Amy Winehouse, um, Spice Girls, I believe, Joni Mitchell, maybe. Um, those that's between both nights, but um, yeah, it's a lot of awesome babes from around town. Yeah, okay. Are gonna come slay. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. All right, so you brought along this beautiful Gretsch guitar. Before you play this song, tell me about this guitar. I want to know about. It. I. Have never had a guitar with gold hardware. It's just with this weird thing that's always never. It's just not my thing. But it so works on this guitar. It's beautiful. Thank you. That's yeah, like that Cadillac green. Um, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and say full disclosure. I am not a gearhead. Um, I I know enough to get me by, and some would shame me for this. But um, yeah, I took. Matt Meldon with me because I've been playing on an Ibanez like kind of cruddy two or three hundred dollar guitar for the past five or six years and one of the little uh, inlays fell out and I was like all right well <laughs> time I guess to replace it's time it. for a new guitar yeah. and then I got a new amp but really the the style of it is a little gaudy and a little much for me mm -hmm. typically i like pretty simple clean i've been playing a white guitar for five years um but i walked in and i was like "Ooh, that's I exactly just, the reaction i had when i saw it whatever i was feeling it that day mm -hmm. and um yeah it's um i'm still figuring out the the tone and everything and the the Bigsby mm -hmm. has been fun on a couple of tunes to just kind of like lean into a little bit. Yeah. Get it's... your rockabilly on. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, tell me about the song you're going to play. Um, okay. So in uh, speaking about sobriety, this is, I think, the first song I wrote in my voyage into uh, my life so far without alcohol. And it was uh, touching back on a relationship that got caught in the crossfire of that time and uh, just kind of, yeah, processing that heartbreak and being a little jealous or defeated at young, capable hearts that I just uh, was feeling a loss of. It's a, it's a song for processing grief, I think, is, is the best way to put it. And it's aptly named Still Trying. Mm -hmm. This is Still Trying by Molly Sullivan. Molly, for not having any notes whatsoever in front of me, I think this was a great conversation. I had a wonderful time talking to you. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
My very sincere thanks to Molly Sullivan for coming by to talk about her music and for sharing a couple of songs in the studio. Look for Molly and a coven of fellow musicians at this year's Halloween concert of cover bands at Northside Tavern, October 31st and November 1st, called Season of the Witch. For a link to more information about the Season of the Witch show, you can always haunt our house at wvxu.org slash lx. Local Exposure is a production of Cincinnati Public Radio and 91.7 WVXU. This episode was recorded and produced by the ineffable Josh Elstro, with some help from me, Jim Nolan. The theme music for this episode is by Scott Holmes and comes from the Free Music Archive. Find out more at freemusicarchive.com. Until next time.